Hello and welcome to Zhuzh It Up, when passion, color, and unique design style come together. My name is Cynthia Ayurinde. I'm an interior designer and a lifestyle coach, and my company is called Unique Design Styles. I have a passion for helping my clients discover what makes them unique and designing a space that reflects who they really are. Yes, my name is Lynn Templey and my company is Colore Italian for Color Interior Design and I am a passionate color expert. It is with great pleasure that we introduce Steve Malcolm. And straight to the point, among his many talents, Steve is a knitter. He is also an actor and uses his connections to promote his unbridled passion for knitting and fiber arts. The consummate entrepreneur, he welcomes challenges and opportunities to push the envelope. He has an extremely diverse range of interests and a large bucket list to accomplish over the next 50 years. And so of course, Steve, I have to ask you, what is top of your list? <laughs> um. Wow, you mean for that bucket list? Yes. I, I wanna travel around the entire planet. So I actually wanna step foot on every continent, even Antarctica. <laughs> wow, that's, that's um, well, you've given yourself 50 years. So, you know, if yeah. you start, you know, tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> then you yeah, should can't really go tomorrow, can we? <laughs> yeah. No. Wow, that's amazing. Antarctica, yes, definitely one of the yeah. place, right? So with you traveling all the world and you being a knitter, and I was hoping that you were going to actually wear one of your knitted <laughs> outfits or something, because <laughs> I wanted to ask how that knitting play into your actual individual personal style. Well, okay, so first of all, the reason I'm not wearing any of my knitted stuff. Yes, hello. Um, I'm trying to think what I have. I, you know, the story of the shoemaker's son with no shoes. It's kind of the same with me with the knitting. What happens is that I could, I discovered my passion for knitting a long time ago when I went to purchase a sweater that was drastically overpriced for what it was. And basically it was just like a machine knit sweater, you know, the kind that you just pull off, off the rack and it was $500. And I was like, no way. So I basically, I bought a book and I taught myself how to knit. And I realized I really, really enjoyed doing it. So I just went to find out everything I could about it. I'm, I'm a big do-it-yourselfer. So things that I take interest in, I, I delve right into. But this one just became a passion. It wasn't just about learning how to knit. It was just, what can I do with this? And I discovered that there's a massive, massive, massive world and the possibilities are endless when it comes to knitting and related fiber arts. So what's happened is that over time I've created a website, it takes balls to knit.com and just sharing information about knitting with everybody because I like to learn and I like to teach. So I figured a website would be the easiest way to do it, to share that information. 
over time, I realized that that wasn't enough. So I've gotten into creating a, a knitting show that I put up on, on YouTube. And for that, I travel around the world and I get content for that show. And it's about every aspect of knitting, not just like one particular thing. And I call it my A to Z or alpacas to zauber balls. Zauber balls are these little really cool balls of yarn. They're German and they make socks and they're just absolutely fantastic. They're multicolored, which you guys I know would appreciate. And uh, yeah, you make socks with them. So I say I cover the alpacas to zauber balls about knitting. And that's part of the reason why I want to travel around the entire world is to get all the content I can and share it with everybody. Oh my goodness, Steve. So actually, I was going to ask how you came the million dollar question, how you got into knitting. Because it, is that, it isn't that common, we must say that, you know, it is, it, I, I don't know whether it's just me, but one presumes it's going to be a female. But so you are just brilliant. And I've noticed on your website, there's an abundance of absolutely gorgeous colors. So what role does color, do you think, play in the knitting world? Oh I, my I'm goodness. overwhelmed by the. <laughs> How much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> um, there, there are two aspects of knitting when you when you choose to knit. You can either knit in texture or you can knit in color. And I never even, I, I don't even agree with that. I think you can knit with both. Like you can knit texture in color, and that's that's really really cool. But color is absolutely like it's it's. It's a massive, massive part of knitting. Um, <laughs> I could get in all the different discussions I have with people when I say to them, or when you know somebody will see something, they say, well, that's blue. And I'm like, no, no, that's not blue. That's cerulean blue, or that's royal blue, or you know, it's not um, pink, it's mauve, or, or things like that. Color is, is like, yeah, the, the biggest part of, of knitting, actually. Yeah, amazing, yeah. Well it seems like with the actual color and the texture that you can kind of create it to whatever you would like so um I, you seem to have you know a varied background with your you know background being jamaican and you wanting to travel the world how do you bring all those things into the knitting world to educate people since education is a big part of what you're doing in the knitting it, yeah absolutely um so funny enough my favorite thing to do in in with knitting is texture in terms of cables. I, I do all these cable designs that I just absolutely love. And ironically, normally when you do cables, you do it in very light colors. Um, the the go-to is ecru, which is just an off-white. And you know, if you go to Ireland or, um, yeah, well, if you go to Ireland, you'll see all these uh, sweaters that are done in Ecru. And it's basically just a natural color of the, the wolf off the sheet. But I think that that's really boring. <laughs> and I like to do cables in all kinds of colors. Um, I have a, a wrap that's done, like a, a massive wrap that's done in pink. I should have sent you a picture. I'll, I'll send you both a picture yeah, and, you'll see, and I'll put it up. And it's just this big pink wrap. And I'll sometimes design my cables in, in a, that off-white in the e-crew, but then when I actually knit it, I like to knit it in other colors so people see that it's not just about having um, those that 
cable popping out. It's it's you can add the color to the texture as as well. And with regards to my my background, yes, I, I was born in Jamaica, and but I've traced my lineage back a little bit, and there is Scottish and and Irish descent in there too. So I think that ties in with my uh, love of cables. But then I've been fortunate enough to actually have gone to both those places, and. Aside from Vancouver, like it's just the most lush place that I've I've been to yet. I haven't gone to you know the jungles or anything, but the the countryside is just lush. There's there's all these hues of the green that just blows you away, and then it's it's right by the water because there's tons of locks up there, and so you've got this water right by there, and then you've got the the rocks on the beach, and then and the stone, and it's just the the combination of both texture and color in those places, just amazing, absolutely amazing. Well, it seems like you can actually use that scenic view to incorporate into an yes. ice. Oh gosh, the, the inspiration there's, yeah. yeah, the inspiration is is, is unbelievable. And yes. I, have so, I have more ideas than I have time. <laughs> now, talking about more ideas than time, and yeah. um, you know, the color that I've been, lucky enough to go to Jamaica and it is the colors are just phenomenal mm -hmm. and tying that in with your unique style now you did write in your bio that you want to build a knitting empire <laughs> <laughs> talking about the future um with the sound effects you know uh how is that I mean because this is fantastic I did I my my knowledge about knitting was um I don't know about Cynthia's was, was not very you know I just I know when I see a beautiful sweater, but it would be wonderful to have it, um, you know, made much more accessible. Yes. So that's the first question everybody always asks me is, you know, will you knit this for me? Or so what do you knit sweaters and sell them and, and things like that? And I, I try to explain the economics of that to people is that if I'm going to knit by hand, like that sweater that I saw many, many, many years ago, mm -hmm. For $500, had that been a handmade sweater for $500, that would have been a fantastic, fantastic deal. The problem is that, yeah, it, it, it's just not worth it. Like it can't happen. I can knit a sweater in say 50 hours and that's a combination of practice. I'm, I'm a fairly quick knitter and, and skill. And that's something that you build up. So even if I were to say to somebody, okay, well, for that level of accomplishment in any other field, like say I'd been um, an electrician and I was able to do my job that efficiently, I'd be charging somebody $50, $60 an hour to be, to come in and, and you know, change their wiring or whatever, because I would get it accomplished quicker, and, but still more, um, like better, like more professionally. So trying to explain to somebody that, yes, I would charge you $50 an hour, but I would get it done in 40 hours. You can go to somebody else and they would charge you $20 an hour, but it's going to take them twice as long to do it and it won't look as good. And then they start to understand the economics of it that, you know, me sitting there knitting for people, is, it just doesn't work. And even still, if I do take a commission and I do make a sweater for somebody, and yes, I spend, you know, however many hours and I try and say I, I sell them a sweater for $1,000, then it's finished. And 
I have to make another sweater in order to make more money. So what I've done is um, I've gotten into the designing world where I will actually have the ideas and I will write out a pattern and I'll design them and then I'll write out the pattern and I sell the patterns so that other knitters can go, go ahead and, and make these. And then that way it can go over and over and over again. And also what I can then do is go and teach other people to knit and say, okay, look, here's a pattern. And you know, it doesn't have to be a complicated thing with um, all these cables. It could be very, very simple just with colors. The, the things you can do with just you know, three or four colors um, simply is, is mind blowing. But that, that's the kind of empire I'd like to build where I actually teach other people how to knit and they can go out and create their own things and put their own imagination to it as well. Well, it sounds like you justify that $500 cost on that sweater because it is, it takes a lot of time and effort. And uh, yeah, it does. Yeah. Well, I think that's awesome. Um, you know, I think teaching people how to do it is really wonderful too because it can be a really great opportunity for people to just like, you know, have a nice hobby. Everyone needs it right now with COVID and, <laughs> and a yes. stress reliever. Um, I, uh, know a little bit about knitting. I tried to learn, but it was through my friend's mother, her grandmother, who didn't speak English. So she kept hitting me with the needing needle and speaking to me in Spanish. And I was like, uh, this is not, I'm, I'm not really learning here. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully she didn't poke you, Cynthia. I'm saying, Cynthia, I hope she didn't, hopefully she didn't poke you with the needing needle. <laughs> no, she didn't poke me, but yeah, she just kind of mocked me with the thing that, that I wasn't be... getting the <laughs> <laughs> like. <laughs> So yeah, I had that, of course it would be great. Yeah. <laughs> I had that experience in grade school, but it wasn't a knitting needle, it was a ruler. <laughs> oh, no. I've had that too. <laughs> oh boy. So over to you, Cynthia, I think to ask that question that we always ask our wonderful guests. Well, Steve, what we normally ask <laughs> is that if you can have a paintbrush or wand and you can color the world any way you would like, how would you color the world? Oh my goodness. Um, you know what I would do is I would color it with openness. Like I would just, I would like people to have a more open mind to possibilities and to exploring um, not just themselves, but like the, the entire planet. Because especially now, um, there's so much that we need to discuss with each other, but we're not discussing it. You know, because we're not, we don't seem to be open to the possibilities of what is out there. Um, I, I think we we get stuck in our little bubble and our, in our little, um, yeah, in our own little bubble, our own little space. And we're afraid. We, we have all this fear inside us. We're afraid, afraid to come out because we're not sure what's out there. I think if people had a more open mind as to the wondrous possibilities that are there. Sure, there, there are things out there that aren't great and, and there's dangers too, but there's so much out there that we could actually thrive from, you know, like just by exploring and, and thing. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see more openness. I, I would paint openness across the entire- So what color world. would openness be? <laughs> Well, for me, it would be. <laughs> Great questions. For, for me myself, it would be a, like a royal blue, but I think it would have to be all the colors. I, I mean, you can't, you can't limit it. It, it. If it's going to be truly open, it would be 
all all the colors, the entire spectrum. And this is the rainbow plus plus plus. Plus plus plus. Mm. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here, Steve. It's really, really wonderful to have you on and to learn so much more. I did want to ask, and I'm hope it's not taboo. Yeah, it says Steve hugs. What's the hugs for? <laughs> Um, so my nickname is Mr. Hugs, and if you Google that, you'll find out a lot about me. That's H-U-G-Z-Z-Z. Uh, and it's been my nickname for a long time because I actually give out free hugs, um, well, wherever I am, but right now, like I'm in, down, I'm in Vancouver, BC. So I have a big sign and it says free hugs, and I've got that written in a whole bunch of different languages. It started out with just a, a little sign like this. And it's just evolved over the years into a big, like it's two feet by three feet sign. It says free hugs. And Vancouver is like a huge melting pot, especially in the summertime. We get all these different nationalities here and you hear all these different languages. So I wrote free hugs in about six or seven different languages <laughs> as well on a sign. And then what happened is people would come up and they would be speaking a different language. So I'd ask them, I have uh, some Sharpies that I carry with me and I would ask them to write it in their language. And then they were doing it that way and then they were signing it and everything else. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's just taken off. It's, it's been a, a massive thing, obviously not so much right now but I'm going to revive it again very, very, very soon. Because um, yeah, we just, we, we need hugs, we need, yeah. We need them. Yeah, and I think after, you know, with COVID, you know, we were actually talking about this and something else um, I was involved in. And they were saying that we've created this hesitancy, you know, like I'm a big hugger as well. And it's kind of like, you're like, oh, I can't hug you now. And so it's gonna take a while yeah. for that to kind of come back and be a natural thing again. So definitely getting out there and um, promoting that, that'd be great. <laughs> yes, thanks. And so on the note of hugging, um, yes, uh, I love hugging, as you know, actually. So just, <laughs> we need to reunite the world with large arms and hugs. So yeah. thank you so much, Steve, for being with us today. It was wonderful to meet you, and it has been a great pleasure discovering the wonderful things that you're doing in the world to zhuzh it up with passionate color. <laughs> now, on your fabulous knitted creations, is there anything that you want to, are you working on any projects or do you have any? Um, oh goodness. Any <laughs> yes. the go at the moment? I know it's um, COVID time, so, but yeah. No, well, actually, if anything, this has given me the opportunity to do more. Unfortunately, I didn't in the very beginning. I think um, a lot of us reacted to everything differently. And I unfortunately was just, yeah, it, it, there was a period of time when I basically had to just withdraw from my own sanity, I guess. Um, but yeah, I have quite a few things that I'm now going with. And uh, they're, they're on my website, it takesbalsonit.com. I have some commission stuff that I'm doing and for yarn suppliers around the world, actually. So yeah, there'll be lots coming out very, very, very soon. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. How exciting. We, you and I have met our, our knitter, our fabulous, wonderful knitter. Great. <laughs> Thanks. And here talks to you too, both of you. Thank you.